0: So there was a certain pastor, and he asked his five-year-old son if when he died, would he go to heaven? Being a a pastor's child, he knew the Bible, and and he said, yes, Daddy, when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. And then he asked him a a follow-up question, and he said, so what will your answer be when when God comes to you on the day that you die and asks, why should I let you into my heaven?'" And the five-year-old said, because I'm dead. <laughs> right answer. I mean, that, that's it. Uh, there was a Pew Research uh, Center study that asked people all across the U.S. What, what would happen when they die. And 75% of them said that they would go to heaven. It didn't matter what they believed, who they were, what they had done it's just automatic it's kind of like uh, some missionaries who were going on on a trip overseas and, and they had to get a visa of course to get into this particular country and well they weren't getting one and it had been months and months and they still weren't getting the visa they wondered if they were going to go or not so finally they did what they should have done all along they asked their church to pray for them and to get the visa. So the pastor had mentioned in church about the whole thing, and an eight-year-old boy, he said, now, what was that again, Dad? What is it that they need? He said, well, they need a visa. And he said, well, why can't they just use MasterCard? I mean, come on, right? I mean, that's, that's what people think. There's got to be more than one way to get to heaven. Well, the truth is, and this is what I want to tell you today, is that you do need a visa. A visa to get into heaven, and his name is Jesus. He's the only way to eternal life. Now, if you put up the the words there from our gospel, agree with me that these are some of the most politically incorrect words that have ever been spoken. Jesus says, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Our message today is quite simple. It's not complicated. There are two roads, and only two roads. One leads to destruction, the other leads to life. And there are only two groups of people. One is on this wide road, this is the majority of people and they will end up in destruction. And only a few, the minority, are on the right road, the narrow road that leads to life. So the question then for all of you, number one, is which road are you on? And then number two, how will you share the truth with those on the wrong road? So let's take a look at each of the roads. We'll spend a few minutes on that. First of all, wide is the gate that leads the destruction, this broad road that's going to take us where we don't want to go. We know that it's an easy road to travel because there's all kinds of people on it. It doesn't matter who you are, you can be on this road. We know it is an indulgent road. Maybe you can show a picture up there of our, of our road because you can do whatever you want. As you enter through this gate, it is open to everyone. In fact, there is no truth, or truth can be whatever you want it to be. You know, what's interesting is that in that, in that uh, research study, 75% of people said that simply die, you go to heaven. Even 3% of the atheists said that. Now, explain that to me. So you don't even have to believe that there is a God, according to the prevalent belief. So it's for the people who believe in anything, doesn't matter what religion you are, Hindu, Buddhist, Jew, Catholic, Protestant, nothing, agnostic, atheist, it doesn't matter. It's for people who believe in anything or who believe in nothing at all. And the belief is, the widespread belief is that If you're on this road, you're headed in the right direction. The problem is, and people wouldn't be on the road if they really knew where it leads. It leads to death. As Proverbs says, there is a way that seems right, but its end is the way of death. Now, let me ask you if this has ever happened to you, and I hope that it hasn't. Let's say you are traveling down a road at a a pretty good clip, and there is a green light. Someone tell me, what does green mean? Go. So you go. And most of the time, if you're at a pretty good clip, you don't even bother to look because it's green, which means what's on the other end? Red, and they should stop. Until you go through that green light, and someone doesn't pay attention, and all of a sudden, bang. It just comes out of nowhere. And it can lead to destruction, even death. There is this prevalent idea, especially in America, that if you are just sincere in your religion, you're on the right path. And there is another belief, and there is this intersection, that as long as I am a decent person, I'm a good person. Now, I don't have to be perfect, but as long as I am good, which means I'm better than you are, If I haven't done any major crimes, committed any serious transgressions, then I'm okay. So this intersection of religion and good works it's even more dangerous than that traffic intersection. And yet that's what the vast majority of the world believes. They believe that they're on the road to heaven, that they're all going to end up in the same place. And they're right about that but it's not the place where they want to go. So that's the wide road. There is another road Jesus talks about. He says small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. Show us our picture there, and you see this little gate. It's kind of hidden away, isn't it? And you may not even see it if you didn't know where to look. This is a road that is given to us by grace. In other words, we wouldn't even know there was that road unless God tells us, unless he leads us to the right path. And as Joe so well said, it's through baptism. The Holy Spirit, God himself, comes into our lives and then he directs us. And he gives us that atlas, that GPS that can correct us when we're on the wrong path. Now, we need to know a few things about this road as well. The gate is narrow because you can only get through it empty-handed. On the wide road, you can take whatever you want. You can believe whatever you want. Everyone is accepted no matter what you have done. To get through the narrow gate. You can't take anything at all. No position of power, no pride only yourself. Because, you see, the real question is not what is the way to heaven, but who is the way to heaven? Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Again, he says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And not just Jesus. Listen to these others. Peter, in our epistle today, says this. And he's in jail now, being persecuted for his faith. He says, nor is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among mankind by which we must be saved, and that is the name of Jesus. Paul says again to Timothy, for there is one God and one mediator between God and people, and that is Christ Jesus. Now, your friends who are not believers, let me just take a quick survey here. How many of you have friends that are not believers? Not, I'm not saying just not, not Lutheran. You can be Catholic or, or Methodist or whatever, but not Christian. Any friends? Of course. And I know that whenever you go to a party, what are the things you're not supposed to talk about? right, politics, religion, but sometimes it goes there, and they will tell you, if they haven't already, you are narrow-minded, maybe even close-minded. Well, I want you to know that sometimes narrow is not bad, okay? Do we have any pilots here this morning, any pilots I don't know anything about airplanes. I don't know anything about being a pilot, but here we have a picture from the cockpit. What do you see there off in the distance? Maybe you can identify what that is. That is a a runway, and it's, it's narrow, isn't it? Now, I don't know, but if I'm a pilot, I would imagine that I have to come in from the right direction, at the right angle. I mean, if I'm all tilted like this, it's probably not gonna go so well the right angle, the right direction on this very narrow path. Unless I want to crash and burn and kill everyone on the plane. The narrow road is the road of grace that our God has chosen. The one that he leads us to through his word in the Holy Spirit. And as we're on that road, he gives us the right direction to lead one day when we die to heaven. And then those gates will be open and the great banquet of all those who are already there and all of us will begin. So those are our two roads. I hope and pray you're on that narrow road. And yet, we are not yet to the end of life. So, and this is really the important part now of the message. All that remains while you are here on earth until you get through that gate of heaven is A, stay on the path, would you? Stay on the path. Now, it's great that we have a God who, when we stray off the path, he brings us either people or his word to correct us, like that GPS. You can fall off the path, and God can restore you. But it would be better if we just stayed on the path, wouldn't it? So, number one, expect persecution. Yes, there is persecution in America, Today, There are those who would say, no, there's religious freedom, and that is true, but there is still persecution. Now, I know it's not like in other countries. I did a little research. I found out there are 5,000, last year in 2023, 5,000 Christians around the world who died because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Now, to my knowledge, none of those were right here in America, but there is persecution. Not only will we be slandered at times, we will be mocked at times for our narrow-mindedness, or some would say closed-mindedness. It may not have happened to you yet, but it could, and it will to some, that you could lose your job because of your faith. You could be denied a promotion because you don't go along with what your company says is the company line. You're going to get cut out of your social circle. You won't get invited to certain things. So expect persecution. Now Jesus says this to his disciples and to us. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. So he's not saying you're blessed. When you do sinful things or stupid things, but when other people persecute you with their words. so that's the first thing. Expect persecution. Number two, reject complacency. I don't know. which, Which is worse? Would you rather be persecuted openly or fall into this disguised trap of complacency you know i look out across our congregation this morning and if i were to go to oh i don't know whatever else is going on out there today later on if i go to the jewel to the grocery store if i go to a restaurant you know what's going to happen i'm going to see people that look a lot like you you don't have a big cross on your forehead Well, not till last Wednesday, one day of the year. You can tell the difference. It's not like we have a big star or cross, you know, stitched into our shoulder like Nazi Germany. If I go to a ball game or a restaurant or a school, you all kind of look the same. We kind of blend in, don't we, with the culture? We do a lot of the same stuff. In fact, if you look at the research... Some of the things that plague America today, or anyone, depression, suicide, drug and alcohol abuse, broken families there's not a lot of difference between believers and unbelievers. So number two, reject complacency. Because it's easy to fall into the trap and to be on the wide road and do what we please. I mean, it's easy Sunday morning, especially if you go early. It's hard to to wrangle all those kids (laughs) in the morning and get them here. It'd be easier just to, I think we're going to skip it today. Or tomorrow, you're, you're at work, and, and what, what do people do? They gather around the water cooler for lunch, whatever, or in the cubicles, and somebody start. they always do, they start talking about so-and-so, right, the boss or a co or whatever. I mean, it's easy just, just to stand there going, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you didn't, you didn't get involved in the conversation, but you didn't stop it either. Oh, I don't know, Friday night, you're at the basketball game, <laughs> And the rafts are always terrible. Come on. And you start yelling because everybody else does. Oh, I don't know. Your quiet time at night. You haven't read the paper yet, so you got to do that. And the Bible never gets read. It's easy. So expect persecution, but also reject complacency. We're, we're kind of like that frog. You remember the... The analogy of the boiled frog, which, there he is, right? Water gets a little hotter, a little hotter, a little hotter. We never even notice until we're cooked. And then number three, be wary of false prophets. The ones who, who tell you that it doesn't matter what you do, what you believe. God loves Everybody. And, and you'll get in. Be wary of those who, who tell you that the Christian life is easier because God has removed all the obstacles, when in fact it's usually harder, isn't it? Be wary of those who say that it's your good works, your goodness. Yeah, God started it, but you got to finish. You've got to finish the way. My friends, it's all by grace. And so there will be those who will say that it's really not fair that God only has one way, through Jesus, to heaven. Well, let me tell you this, a little story. A friend of mine, one night he had, he had, he had this pain in his midsection, didn't know what it was, so his, his wife called 911, ambulance came, taken to the hospital, doctor says you have a burst appendix. Doc, can you do anything about the pain? He says, yeah, we can do one thing. We need to have surgery. We need to remove it. Doc, is there anything else that you can do? And he said, not if you want to live. You know, my friend did not accuse his doctor of being narrow-minded or cold. He said, hallelujah. (laughs) I can be saved. When we believe that our God is narrow-minded and it's not fair, consider this. Suppose, just suppose, <laughs> that in the beginning of time, God said, I am going to create a world. And I'm going to make these creatures in my image. And I'm going to give them freedom of the will. They can make their own choices. And just suppose that God put them in an idyllic garden full of good food and beautiful sunshine and interesting things to do. And God said there's only one restriction, only one, and if you violate that, you will lose your life. And just suppose that those creatures, just because they could, violated the one restriction. But suppose that God then made provision and they didn't lose their life. And then just suppose that all of their descendants continued the same pattern and they continued to sin and just suppose that God forgave them. And suppose that God took these people and he adopted them and he made them into a great nation and he protected them from their enemies. And just suppose that they continued to rebel. And just suppose he would forgive them. And then suppose that he sent messengers to to tell those people just how much God loved them. And just suppose that they killed those messengers, and yet God forgave them. And suppose that those people then decided to invent other gods. And they'd worship animals and birds and stone idols and deities that no one had ever heard of. And then suppose that God in an ultimate act of redemption came down to the earth. He sent his son in human form. And just suppose that those people not only didn't welcome him, but rejected him and tortured him and killed him. And just suppose that God said, the death of my son is going to be the instrument, the vehicle that will give all of you eternal life and transcendent peace and a relationship with me forever. And then suppose that God said, I just have one demand, and that is that you honor my son. And then we wonder, (laughs) why is there only one way? The real wonder is why is there any way at all? We have a God who's loved us so much that in spite of our sin, in spite of our rebellion, in spite of how many times we have been on the wrong road, he still loves us. And he sends his Holy Spirit, and he sends his people. He sends his grace to restore us to that road that will finally end with that narrow gate, the one with the cross right in the middle, so that we can be with our God forever in heaven. And so all that remains, my friends, is to stay on the path and show others the way. You see, the road only has a few people on it, not because there isn't room, but because people are looking in the wrong places. Point them to Jesus and our loving God, the only way to eternal life.